friend Amy Robeson here, and I am so excited you have arrived. The universe would only bring us together if you were ready, and you clearly are. You're ready to manifest the life you truly desire. You're ready to evolve. You're ready to have a self-discovery. And most importantly, you're ready to awaken to the infinite possibilities that your heart and soul is desiring for you to manifest. Let's buckle up together and go on this crazy journey. I can't wait to see what infinite possibilities you manifest into your life. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's episode. We all have habits. Let's be honest. Some habits are really healthy. Some are neutral and others are quite dangerous. Dangerous to your health, dangerous to your mental health, dangerous to your future possibilities. How we define danger could be on a wide range spectrum on the habit. Some habits can be life-threatening danger where others are just, they're not good for you. And we want to look at our habits with a lot of love and a lot of compassion. I always love doing little habit-breaking journeys throughout the year whenever I notice I'm very attached to something in particular. A few Januarys ago, I did a no-added-sugar journey with one of my friends. It was probably one of the best ways that I have found to break a sugar habit. I got really honest with myself on the amount of sugar I was consuming at the time. And what I realized is one of the bad habits that I had that was reinforcing this sugar addiction was anytime I would go to the grocery store, I always have to have a snack whenever I'm driving home. It's something that my mom would do with us. Anytime we would go to the grocery store, we'd always have a snack on the way home in the car. It was awesome. So anytime I would go to the grocery store, I would buy a sweet treat and then I would eat it. And so one of the ways that I was able to break this habit of eating a sweet, delicious treat every single time I drove home from the grocery store was to buy something salty, to buy something savory, to buy something different than a sugary treat. And let me tell you, it was just as satisfying and it was super uber duper helpful when creating a new habit to break an old habit. So let's talk about how we can break habits that are no longer serving you. First, you wanna get really honest with yourself. I think this is always the first step in anything when wherever we're wanting to make a change, just get honest with yourself. How is the habit serving you? How is it not serving you? Is it beneficial to have this habit anymore? Research has shown 70% of smokers know that smoking is bad for them, yet they continue to smoke because it's hard to break that habit. People that use drugs and alcohol, those are also bad habits to break, but it's hard for people. Scrolling on social media, that can also be a habit that's hard to break. And so we have to look at our reward centers. So let's talk about 
pleasure-based habits. Pleasure-based habits can be harder to break. For example, that sugary treat that I was eating anytime I went to the grocery store on my way home, that was a pleasurable behavior because it would send a dopamine hit to my brain that would reward me for that behavior. And so if you are a person that has a habit that brings you joy, but you know it's not good for you, we have to recognize oh, I'm getting a dopamine hit. So how can I get a dopamine hit in a different way that will serve me? And please note that when we're breaking habits, there is no one particular good way for it to work for everyone. Everyone's different. Everyone's addiction behaviors are different as well. I know for me, if I notice I'm having an addictive behavior, I usually can nip it in the butt really quickly. My husband, my mom, they have very addictive personalities. And so sometimes people that have addictive personalities, that's a little bit harder. So don't compare your habit-breaking journey to anybody else's. Also know that if someone's saying, well, I quit that or I stopped doing that, it only took me two days or three days, and you're still struggling after two weeks, know that they're not in your shoes. Their brain is not the same as yours. You might have been having huge dopamine hits for that behavior, and it was a much more pleasurable behavior on a higher scale for you than it was for that person, or they had other support systems in place. So know that if you're about to break a habit, let go of the noise, let go of other people's experiences, and know that it's going to be challenging at times. It's okay. Where you challenge yourself, when you get uncomfortable, that's where true growth happens. So a couple ways that I really like to break a habit is to one, recognize the behavior and choose a different behavior. And so for me, sweet treat, salty treat. So I had to switch the behavior with something else so I could still get that dopamine hit, but I could stop doing the sugar. Or let's say you are wanting to stop drinking. You can replace that behavior with a different type of drink. So for me, I'm not a big drinker. I might have a glass of wine every once in a blue moon. It's not something that I struggle with. But I grew up in a household where my stepdad was an alcoholic. Alcohol is a very real thing for some people and it's very challenging. So one is if you're just having one drink, you'll be okay to switch it. If you are drinking an excessive amount, you're going to need a support system because it's very dangerous to stop drinking alcohol cold turkey, especially if your system is used to it because you can have seizures. So let's say you're wanting to have an alcoholic beverage after work and you have one every night and you're really wanting to cut this down to maybe just having one or two drinks a week, or maybe just cut it out altogether. You can replace that habit with another type of drink. So anytime like I'm craving a glass of wine, let's say, I will ask myself, am I really craving that or am I craving the ritual? Because a lot of times we're craving the ritual of having that particular thing. And so for me, I will then go and make myself a fancy non-alcoholic drink. Sometimes it might just be a kombucha, or it might be some sort of flavored sparkling water, or I might actually get some 
fun little syrups out or something like that where I make myself a non-alcoholic drink. And that usually will satisfy the craving because what the body and the brain is saying, I want something, I want something, I want something. And so if you give them something and not the thing that you're used to doing in the ritual after work, it will allow it to have the dopamine hit that it's looking for. This is also super effective when it comes to just other habits as well. So look at the actual ritual that you have created. So let's say you go to work every day and every day at 9 a.m. you go to the vending machine and you get a soda. That is a ritual that you've created at 9 a.m. So instead of going to the vending machine to get a soda, you can go to the water cooler and get a drink of water. Or you can go to someplace else in your building or your work that you go and you get something else that satisfies that craving that you're looking for. And this can also be super effective with replacing behaviors with another behavior. So let's say you are wanting to let go of a behavior that's no longer serving you. You decide you want to focus on a new behavior. Some people might go, I'm going to train for a half marathon, or I'm going to train for a marathon, or I'm going to go start this exercise routine, or I'm going to call a friend every day after work for the next 30 days so that I take my mind off of doing the very thing that I'm used to doing right after work. And guys, I'm using a lot of work examples because everything in our lives revolve around routines. And so know that if it's not work, you can also know, what am I doing in the morning? What am I doing in the afternoon? What am I doing in the evening for habits and behaviors that aren't serving me? And then you look at the sandwich. What are they sandwiched in between? So we do a lot of things in our life on autopilot. For example, you can go and drive down familiar roads without actually paying attention because you're used to being on that road. And so the brain goes into autopilot. You get into it like a hypnotic state. Have you ever driven before where you're like, oh, how did I get to this stop sign? It's because your brain and your body are in a hypnotic state because they're familiar with that particular area or that particular road. And if you look at our habits and where you can sandwich things that are no longer serving you in between things that are either neutral or positive, you can sandwich new habits in between them to allow yourself to keep moving forward. Another effective way to break a habit is to use a visualization. Visualization's really, really powerful. Let's say you're wanting to quit smoking. Instead of going out and smoking, you can visualize yourself breathing mountain fresh air. You can visualize yourself doing the very opposite thing that you're wanting to do. Also, another way to visualize is to visualize the positive outcome of breaking that habit. And so let's say you're wanting to lose weight or gain weight because there are people out there that want to gain weight and there are people out there that want to lose weight. So you can visualize yourself at the weight that you're wanting to be at and you can visualize yourself doing something that's positive at that weight. So let's say 
You visualize yourself running or you visualize yourself sitting with a family member chatting. Visualization is really, really powerful, especially when you add gratitude with it. And this is where you visualize the outcome and you just pour an abundant amount of gratitude into the visualization. Like you're so happy. I'm so excited. This is so amazing. I'm so grateful. And this will allow you to really start to change the chemicals and your chemical response to the outcome that you're wanting to achieve. The other thing that I really love to do when it comes to breaking habits is having a support system. So you might be struggling with a habit you've been struggling with for quite some time and you have tried everything under the sun. Maybe it's time to get individualized one-on-one support to overcome the habit itself. And there is nothing wrong with getting support. I think that as a society, we are lacking support. I think that the more that we lean into support systems, the easier it can be to overcome certain habits, certain behaviors, certain thoughts that are no longer serving us. And asking for support can be the very first step for you in getting help and having a breakthrough because you've been already honest with yourself. You've had an honest conversation with yourself where you're just like, yeah, this is no longer serving me. I've tried everything that I need to try. What if I try something different? And support looks different for everyone. It might be watching YouTube videos. It might be reading books. It might be getting someone that supports you one-on-one. It might be talking to a therapist. It might be talking to a psychologist. It might be working with a doctor. It might be working with some sort of health professional. One-on-one support is super valuable, super helpful. And that one-on-one support can look different. Again, it could be a book, a video, or it could be one-on-one face-to-face or video with someone where you're receiving one-on-one support. So don't underestimate the amount of support that you can have. You can also have an accountability partner as well. Like I said, when I did my no added sugar journey, I did it with a friend and it was so helpful because we would text each other and say, oh, all I want is some sugar right now, or I really am struggling with this today. And we would be each other's support system where it'd be like, you can do it, you're strong. And it was an amazing thing to have. And they say it takes 21 days to break a habit. I'm a big believer in it really does that. I do think doing something for 30 days allows the new habits to really become ritualistic. And so if you're wanting to, let's say, cut out sugar or cut out gluten or cut out something that's not serving you and you're wanting to take a break from it, you can definitely do that. Decide how long it needs to be for the break and define the rules. Because I think that sometimes we go into breaking a habit without any guidelines And it can be challenging and hard. And so for me, when I did the no added sugar, I'm going to underline added sugar. That means I could eat fruit, not an excessive amount of fruit, but I can eat fruit because it has natural sugars in it. What I was looking to do is break the habit of all the sugary treats that I was eating at that moment in time and really reset my taste buds and reset my brain into craving other things besides whatever little 
cookie or whatever little thing I was eating at the grocery store on my way home because it, it became an excessive habit. And it's been super uber duper helpful since I did that three years ago. Do I still eat treats on my way home from the grocery store? Absolutely. Am I eating sugary treats? Very rarely do I eat sugary treats on the way home because I will usually look for something that's savory or salty. And one of the things that I would do is just go to the olive bar and get something that was salty and it was a quick thing or something else. It just depends on what I was in the mood for. So know that you can change, you can make new habits. And if you're wanting to, let's say, cut down on screen time, you can set a timer on your phone that allows you to have a certain amount of time and then the timer reminds you. I love timers for things because timers are a great way to create habits. So let's say I'm not really wanting to clean up my house and I have a toddler and she likes to destroy things within five seconds. And I had this last night. She had stuff everywhere. And a habit for me that's healthy is making sure my house is picked up before I go to bed. I want clean surfaces, but sometimes I don't want to do it. And so creating a new habit about picking up is setting a timer going, I'm going to work on this for five minutes, or I'm going to work on this for 10 minutes. And that is such an effective tool because your brain can go, okay, I can do it for five minutes. Because otherwise your brain thinks like, oh, this is going to take forever. I don't want to do this. And there's every excuse that the brain wants to go through. And you will find a reason to sit down and not do the thing that you're not wanting to do. So timers are super effective. Also, looking at where the trigger is in relationship to you and moving the trigger out of relationships. And let me give you an example. Let's say you're having a hard time scrolling on social media and the timer thing isn't working for you. You can literally delete the app off your phone or you can move the app from the screen that you're used to entering it from and move it all the way back to a different screen or into a different inconvenient place so the trigger's not there. And let me tell you, this is super effective because it will show you, oh, I'm going to that app. Oh, it's not there. I have to actually work to get to the app itself. I move my apps around a lot just because I notice when I'm, my behavior is starting to get to a place where I don't like it. And I have found that if I move it all the way to the back, I will not go back there. <laughs> I will not go to the fourth page of my phone unless I really need to access that particular app for work. And for me, I have an online social media business. I actually need the app for work sometimes because it's easier to go into the app versus going onto the computer. And so I found that it works the best that way. So noticing the trigger, this also can work for, let's say you are at work and you have someone that notoriously takes you off task every day. You just walk past their desk and all of a sudden you guys start chatting and you're 20 minutes into the chat and you're like, oh my goodness, this is not working for me. So maybe the habit is to not walk past their desk and wait until that person goes for a bathroom break to go walk past their desk for something else. Who knows? 
I have no idea, but the key is you got to look at where the habits and the triggers are and move the trigger. Remove yourself from the trigger. And that could be moving the app, walking past someone's desk at a different time, avoiding the vending machine. Whatever the trigger is, you replace the trigger with something else that's more effective for you. So, all right, my friends, you are going to break some habits. You're going to have a great time recognizing the habit and you're going to give yourself a lot of grace, a lot of love, and a lot of compassion. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you like it, subscribe, and I will see you again soon. Bye. Yay, you've made it to the end of the show. That shows me that you are committed to evolving and creating the life you truly love and desire. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. We have shows going out semi-weekly and also, please leave an honest review. I would greatly appreciate it if you did. If you'd like to receive a free gift from me, head on over to theamyrobeson.com, theamyrobeson.com. Claim your free gift. You'll also find that link in the show notes. I'm sending you lots and lots and love and light. Many blessings to you, my friend. Bye.